All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me, pretty much as always, is our marketing director, one of our other coaches all around, superhuman and still newly wed, Jen Weibor Hart. Uh, how are you, Jen? I'm good. Cold, but good. How are you? Yeah, that's, uh, I am not cold. And we can certainly get into that. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little (laughs) different, about a 70 degree swing from uh, what's going on there to what's going on here the last few days. So, polar vortex, suck it. Uh, That's (laughs) just awful. (laughs) Um, But let's uh, get on with the show, certainly. We've got a cool guest with you guys, somebody that we've had on the show quite a few times, just because we dig having him. And of course, uh, he's got a really decent following, Jen. I don't know if you were paying any attention to the content that you had put out about this particular episode, but there were a lot of comments and likes and all across different social media platforms. I would say that we've got a fan favorite on the show today. So welcome back, Greg Luchak. What's up, man? Very kind. Thanks so much, Jen. Congratulations. I think last time I was on the show, you were just about to about to tie the knot. So congrats. And uh, thank you. My favorite appearances because um, we don't have to talk about brokerage or anything like that. We could talk about growing our businesses, which is which is my favorite. We, we could talk about being newlyweds. Or that, or that. Or, or that. <laughs> All right, not really the usual subject matter for how I met your mortgage, but we uh, can uh, go where the flow brings us. How about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Um, and uh, for those of you watching uh, live or in syndication or listening to the podcast, you can go back and check out previous episodes, and certainly those where we've had Greg on the show, because Greg is... I don't want to say in a unique position, although not as common as what goes on with a lot of real estate agents across the country. And we've kind of been documenting this way, Greg's growth and other businesses and brokerages that he's acquired and how he's bringing in new agents. And one of the things that goes on at Just the Tips is that we really have two major segments in our program. We talk about lead gen, contact management, and social media, and video, and all of the things that circumnavigate being able to build a strict repeat and referral business. But when our clients are well into our program, we make a pretty significant shift after that into hopefully helping them build a business that they can walk away from while it still pays them. We work a lot on team structure and personality profiles and where to find people and how to focus on your company's culture, these kinds of things. And that's really kind of the shift we've watched you make Mm. over the years that we've been doing this and certainly over the episodes that we've had you on the show. And it's probably been, what, a year, Jen, since we've had Greg on the show? Yeah, about that. About a year. And I think maybe the before it was about a year, but right about annually about this time, I think. All right. So why don't you at least bring our audience up to speed on what has gone on over the last year? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, last time I was on the show, I had just taken over Keller Williams Clients Choice. So we've got a brokerage of about 200 agents here in Colorado Springs. Um, And so really the last 12 months was spent a lot of time kind of building the brokerage a little bit. And so 
um, bringing in, recruiting, doing all the PR trails and all of that, but really getting out and, and letting everybody know what we're doing, which is um, trying to get back a lot to like fundamentals. I mean, we saw as we were shifting last year, we kind of saw that happening and we knew that we were going to have to get back to a lot more training. We we're going to have to get back to a lot more scripting. We we're going to have to get back to um, basics. focusing on follow-up and all of those basics that we sort of were able to get away from in the COVID market because stuff was going so fast. And so um, been spending a lot of the time, a lot of the time growing the office, training, doing, doing stuff like that, still doing some business, obviously. But I think what it's really kind of illustrated for me is given me uh, a really wide sort of view of not just younger agents on my team, but agents throughout the office and kind of how they how they sort of handled the last 12 months as far as business goes and all of the all of the swings and all of the uncertainty and all the stops and, and starts and that. So um, it's been exciting. Well, don't get me wrong. I th- let's not glaze over that. I think that's really solid content here of the ones, regardless of age or experience or longevity in the business, the ones that are still doing what they do and were yeah. doing what they do over the course of the last couple of years. I'm assuming these are people who never really steered away from those basics, that they knew what they It's challenging, right? I mean, I think think the 12 months previous, I think the goal was uh, like hungry, hungry hippos. And how can you make a more effective flogger to grab as many of those marbles as possible? Because there was so much business coming through. And really, the skill set was in like, how do you take such a big funnel and spit out as much business as consistently as you can. That was kind of what we were doing 1920 through to 22, right? And now all of a sudden last year, it's like, okay, follow-up is key. What does follow-up look like? We have to change the way we're following up with clients because buyers, buyers, for example, had so much urgency. It's like, I get off the phone with the buyer before I can call Adam to let him know that my buyer is going to be calling and, and, and update him of the situation. They're already on the phone with them, right? And then we totally. show and they're going under contract in a weekend. Well, that's because you had to take another call from another person doing the exact same thing. So there was a 10 minute delay there. Correct. And so right now I'm like, what I'm really focusing on with my team is I'm really like getting back into the dough of the team and working uh, as I'm just like hell bent to get us back to hundred million dollars this year in, in closed volume. Uh, we did that the two previous years. Last year, we slipped from that a little bit. You know, it's time to get that back up where we're going. Right. And so the focus has shifted a little bit back to the team and making sure that we can be you know, the heart blood of the office and, and getting where we need to be, which is, you know, selling 200 to 250 houses a year. So, um, but the one thing I'm looking at with the team, for example, in shift of doing that, our form of follow-up changes. So like one thing I started doing that I, I found really effective right off the bat, it's a good tip that people can steal right away is what does your follow-up look like? If your follow-up is, Hey, Adam, or Hey, Jen, I'm just touching base, following up with you from three months ago, that's not going to do it. But like, Work in step with your lender, build a communi- build a, a relationship and a communication with the lender that's helping you with the deal. And instead of that, send Jen uh, an email every single month. It's like, hey, Jen, I know you're I know you you've been looking. I know your budget's five hundred thousand. You know, worked with Adam right now. Estimated payment for that five hundred thousand asterisk is going to be forty one hundred a month. I know you want to have that closer to thirty five hundred. We're not quite there yet, but. I also sent you my five favorite houses at 500,000 just to give you a feel of the market and what it's doing, right? Number one, as interest rates start to like settle and come to where we might think they are, that 3,500 a month all of a sudden is gonna come down to 32 and 31 and 3,000 a month. And if you're doing that monthly, eventually at some point, someone's gonna say, hey, honey, like 
I know we said we want to pay $2,700 a month, but look at this house that I just got sent that I can have for $3,000 a month. Like we can stretch, right? We'll cancel Netflix for a couple of months. Like, right? They'll figure out a way. Like it's just more effective communication, bringing value, showing them properties, like getting them excited about the process, staying in touch with them, staying educated, um, not rushing it, right? Like those little kind of things versus you ready to buy a house yet? No. You ready to buy a house yet? No. We changed the way we're doing all of that. Well, and that's interesting. Yeah, I think that, and certainly if you're an agent and you've got decent relationships with your lender partners and they're not using some kind of rate check system uh, to ensure that they are able to, now I don't want to say tag, but highlight when these specific clients are in a position to accomplish what they want then yeah, please. As far as the type of contact management that we're describing, it certainly needs to be more frequent. Uh, than, you know, Get your people off drips, communicate with them. Oh, yeah. Send them your favorite. Well, and don't get me wrong, I think that there's a lot to be said for that kind of automation and systemization, right. but it's not a substitute, it's a right. supplement. Correct. It's a tool. So yeah, it's, it's a tool. Not the whole tool belt. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that is a really big deal for us in our mortgage practice is that we, one of it is that we've been doing this so long. We're really, really good at data collection. If you guys haven't read Kick Ass, take names, numbers, and email addresses, please do that. I'm not uh, usually uh, for that plug, but I do think it's a really solid amount of content on how to build a contact database, which is what you've got to do. And having done that for a quarter of a century, I think we have something like 15 or 16,000 people in our contact database. And depending on who they are, we touch them 30 to 70 times a year. Some of it social media, some of it email, some of it, yeah, pick up the phone and have real conversations right with people. Absolutely. There's, um, I mean, think about where we were, right? I mean, I think like even six months ago, I think what a good contact looked like changed dramatically. Meaning I was telling my team, if I call and a buyer is ready to buy a house eventually, and they're gonna buy a house in six months or six years, but we need to sell houses anytime within then, and somebody's interested in buying a house and I'm sending them that same $500,000 house, and I'm telling them where interest rates were, the payment's going to be $4,800 a month. If they've got $2,800 a month in their mind, it's just way out of range, right? But if we're staying on, staying on, now it's $3,500 a month, now it's $3,300 a month, the perception is changing rapidly. And six months ago, they weren't going to buy that house at $4,500 a month. So to me, it's like, man, if I can have a 20 minute conversation with somebody and I can get really in tune with what their family structure looks like, what they do for work, uh, where when their kids are potentially going to college or when their family might be growing. If I can have that client coming to client events and talking with us and being involved in the process and allowing us to educate them on the market. To me, that is a great contact, even if they're not ready to get in the car and start shopping houses today. And that was absolutely different than when it was in 22 and 21 and 20. Oh, for sure. No question. Um, it's uh, What Greg is describing for you guys watching or listening is what we refer to as drill down data. And Jen, I think we have, what, 50 questions in the drill down sheet that we 
uh, have all our coaching clients work yep. on. And the content is similar to what Greg is describing here. Um, family, interests, lifestyle, education, on and on. And if you can answer those questions, the odds are good that you do have a real relationship with that person. And of course, that's somebody that's probably client for life type of status. So you can also use that information to shape a client avatar, as it were. And we talked about that a lot mm -hmm. uh, at the uh, event Jen and I did on Friday. And we certainly talk about it at our two big conferences a year that uh, we help people use AI to shape that perfect client avatar. And the more data that you have, the better that avatar is going to be. So, and of course, if you guys have a perfect client avatar, that's going to help you position yourself with how you want to do your contact management, your marketing, your lead gen, your... Um, well, all of it, I guess. So it's definitely kind of a big deal. There's a really cool tie-in with the drill-down data that we use in relation to that perfect client avatar. And not only is it going to help you keep in tune with your clients and when they're ready to move and when they're ready to sell, when they're ready to buy, so on and so forth, but even better than that, it's going to help with that advocacy piece. It's really going to help you figure out who those perfect referral partner relationships are going to be as well. So and, and that's definitely and a that's very, good. very big deal. And I think that got more important than ever last 12 months, right? I think as interest rates jumped, it's so funny because so many realtors and lenders I heard with like the dialogue of like, this is nothing. I saw interest rates at 18%, right? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, houses cost 40 grand back then, but sure. Right, I was going <laughs> to <laughs> And so there was that, right? But it's also like... It's also um, your 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 sphere wasn't turning over the way it was, and so I think we need to be we need to continue to start to uh, continue to hammer home to our sphere that we are there for accepting referrals, right? The when they when they're locked in at three percent, and then you want them to buy an eight percent, that's a really difficult jump. Nobody's downsizing because you're not going to pay double to get less house, and so everyone's sort of froze in their houses for twelve months. And so people that you'd be selling to would be leaving town or coming to town. So getting nurturing your database, not just with like, hey, remember the great service I gave you the last time when we worked together, but like, hey, we're open for referrals. We can educate and nurture and help your friends and your family send us your people and teaching them and staying in front of them in that capacity was so much more important in the last 12 months, I think, just because our sphere were buying and selling, closing in the morning, closing in the afternoon, the way that they were previously. Yeah. I, I think the education piece is important all the time. Mm -hmm. There's no question. Did it shift into more of real estate consulting in the last few years? I love that. Absolutely. You had to make sure that all of your clients knew where they were, what the market was doing. Well, and I think a really good example of this, particularly in Colorado, is that we did the uh, tax assessments last spring. Yeah, yeah. big job. Getting close to a year ago now. Huge issue for the consumer, for the homeowner. Major opportunity for real estate mortgage people to be educating and informing. Coupled with insurance rates jumping quite a bit during that same time. Yep. Yeah, it was a very big deal. It, it was very dramatic for the homeowning consumer. Mm -hmm. 
and a ridiculous opportunity for the real estate mortgage insurance professional if they took advantage. But yeah, I think that that was a really solid opportunity in a really strange time in the market to be doing exactly what we're describing. I think that that was really, really valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So back to the lecture at hand. Yeah. Uh, and again, for those of you watching or listening, we're just going to ebb and flow. Of the agents on your team, Greg, the ones that had some decent success over the course of the pandemic or in the latter part of the pandemic and still are today, what are they doing? What are they doing versus the agents that aren't? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So right, right before we came on this, we talked about it and I was, um, uh, excited about coming on for that, for that very reason. I mean, it's, it's year start of the year. And so we've just had our year end kind of like retreat and game planning and really figuring out how as a team, we're going to attack the, the 2024 market. And so what I really saw and what I think we're seeing across, like not just my team, but, but the brokerage and the market is this like huge disparity that's starting to grow bigger and bigger, I think between the haves and the have nots and the agents that are out doing business and the agents that are kind of sitting back and waiting for business. And, and I'm telling you, I think the number one thing that I'm noticing between the agents that are performing and the agents that aren't is passive versus proactive marketing. And I think the agents that are seeing their numbers dwindle a little, little bit are the ones who are posting on social media, who are putting stuff out, who are dropping flyers, and the ones who are waiting for their phone to ring. To me, that's passive. And, I'm, and I don't think there's not a place for that. I, I think social media is a great way to mass market yourself and things like that. But I, to me, that's not that's not prospecting, right? Like, no, that's you have to brand and dial it, right? And so, to me, I think the agents who are willing to press call instead of wait for wait for the phone to ring and press accept, I think those are the guys that are seeing that business turnover. I think we've seen a lot of opportunity in the market. Our team, especially, we do a lot of prospecting on expireds and and some of the old school um, sort of ways of getting business. So shit, Fizbo, oh, I'm sorry. Fizbo's can't. Uh, Watch Fizbo's, your fucking mouth, yes. Fizbo's, uh, Fizbo's can't sell their houses by themselves anymore. They need us again. So that's a real opportunity for us to come in and show value. And in, in That's serious. Out. I mean, the way the market was two years ago, you'd refresh the new houses on Friday, you'd refresh the new houses on Thursday, and you know every house on the market. Well, now there's, you know, in El Paso County, where we primarily service, we've got almost 2000 houses active on the market. So how do you differentiate your house in a haystack full of needles? Right. Well, that's where we come in and we can actually market and get the home out. So Fizbo's, they need us to sell their house again. That's a big one. Expire is a big one more. And I think we're seeing those agents who maybe didn't take the time or take the money or, or build the relationships with vendors to properly uh, prepare their homes for the market. You can come in and you can take those homes over, get them priced correctly, get the condition where it needs to be and get uh, get the marketing correctly and you can get those homes sold. So we've seen some good success as far as that goes. And we really feel like um, we're seeing a lot of momentum rolling into the to the new year. So really long winded way to answer your question. The difference I see between the agents that are still crushing it. They're active. They're proactive. They're calling their sphere. They're picking up leads. They're adding contacts to their database on a weekly basis. They're sticking to a regimen. And the agents who uh, are slow right now, I think, are kind of doing things and they're hoping the phone rings. I think it's really tough to make the phone ring right now. It's it's certainly more difficult. No question about it. And even when it isn't, pick up the phone, folks. 
there's money at the other end of that line. I promise you. It's, and it's get good at answering your phone. Especially oh, that's a big one. Numbers. That's a buyer in your city. Yeah, no question. And some of the people in both spaces, real estate and mortgages, that Jen and I have seen have great success over the years, certainly push that button. Let's you know make sure that we're available, that we do answer our calls, that we return all our calls. Good Lord, please return all your phone calls. Um, but I think something that would be beneficial to the people that are being more passive when it comes to their, <clears throat> I don't even want to use marketing or legion. I would say branding is more appropriate when we're talking about yep. social media and video and distribution thereof is that the phone is still intimidating to people. It is. And I don't know how it's been a couple of years, but a former coach of mine uh, wrote a great book called Overcoming Call Reluctance. And when he wrote it, I had a brief conversation. When he published it, I had a brief conversation. And I was like, well, I don't have call reluctance. You got me past that 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. He says, no, you do. Read the book. And he was right. There is still quite a bit of call reluctance. And this is coming from somebody who makes hundreds of non-transaction-related outbound phone calls a week. Hundreds. Mm -hmm. Literally, I do probably 300 a week. Yep. And... I still had things to learn. I still yep. had speed bumps to get over, so on and so forth. So, yeah, shameless plug there for I tell uh, you, Carl White. I, I have a little bit of a reputation, like, in the business and around the office as um, – uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Like a like a uh, old-school ship captain. Like, row, 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 <laughs> call, 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 right? But the bottom line is, to your point, like, we'll still do call nights on Wednesdays. And – I still sort of like have to like, all right, let's do this. Let me get my game face on. Let's do this to pick up the phone and call expireds because I want to do it with my team, right? And so Wednesdays at the Keller Williams Clients Choice Office in Colorado Springs on Kelly Johnson, two to five Wednesdays. Anybody's welcome. Come on by and make calls with us, okay? Shameless plug number two. But um, point is, <laughs> I'm also very, very focused this year. Let's get our mindset away from the cold calling part that's really difficult and start getting it wrapped around the follow-up. The bottom line is when you start making outbound calls to strangers, if you don't have a sphere, if you don't have leads to call, if you don't have people, if you're starting from zero, yeah, you're going to have to talk to strangers. Even when you're calling expires and strangers, a lot of time it's in the follow-up and you're setting the appointment on the 5th, 6th seventh communication with that potential client. And so after a little while, you're not really calling strangers anymore. You're calling expired potentially that he may be wanting to list his house in September or something like that because they put a tent in place. And the conversation is like, hey, Adam, just wanted to uh, catch up with you. You know, I'm sending you the monthly. I want to send you over the three houses in your neighborhood that just closed. Uh, you know, obviously you mentioned the tenants were going to be out in September. Uh, and that might be a time that you were thinking a little more about selling. But in the meantime, I want to keep your finger on the pulse of the market as mine is. So I sent you over those properties that have sold in your neighborhood recently. Let me know if you have any questions. Would love to dialogue with you on any of those questions you may have. To me, that's just a way more effective follow-up. And that phone call isn't as daunting as the initial, hey, Adam, you're a stranger. You're an expired. I know you've gotten 100 phone calls, but listen to me, right? Like, so... I think we need to start shifting our focus and start looking at like it starts to become a lot more follow up as things go. You got to take your medicine at first, no doubt. But once you start those relationships, it becomes easier. Well, and you nailed it right there. It is actually continued relationship building. 
And I think one of the things that we never talk about because it seems so basic, although your um, commentary on doing this, on making the follow-up, on uh, getting back with that guy who may be interested in selling in September, is that if you've done the things that you need to do in the building a contact database, building an audience, you guys all need to do that, If it, whether it's picking up the phone or uh, an email uh, campaign or a, a voicemail campaign, a text campaign, social media campaign, whatever it is, you got to have an audience, you got to have people to hear your message. I think the piece of it that a lot of people may be missing, which is part of this, and we never talk about it because it seems so basic, is taking good notes. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not taking notes from the conversations, these follow-up conversations that you're having with people so that you are aware of their timeline, you are aware of where they are, what space they're in, so on and so forth, so that you can continue that conversation 30, 60, 90 days later, then there's a significant problem. You've absolutely got to be doing the things that are going to help you stay organized. They're going to help you stay on top of these relationships that are going to make you seem like a rock star when the time comes. And it, it, it becomes low hanging fruit once you do it well. So I'm going to use our expired, I'm, I'm going to use expired prospecting as an example. Do you know how often we call and it's like, Hey, we saw your house came off the market. We're interested if you're still uh, wanting to get it sold um would love to interview for the position whatever that opening pitch looks like and the feedback is immediately they get a call from 100 realtors that are kind of like asking a version of that question um and so they're very proud to like i got an objection you can't overcome put a renter in it i put a renter in it for a year take me off your list and they're happy to get off the phone with the other 99 agents that they spoke to right so did sure. what are you getting for rent how long is the lease do you want to continue renting it after this are you looking to make this a long-term rental? Are you looking to add to your rental portfolio? How are you working? Like make notes of all that stuff. So as you follow up over the next 12 months, whenever that tenant gets out or in two years or whatever, they decide to turn it from a rental back into a sale. They're thinking of you, you're communicating with them. But in the meantime, you're exactly right. You're going to need to remind them of the conversation that you had 30, 60, 90, 12 months ago. Oh, you're not kidding. You really are getting back to basics. And some of this stuff is so basic that Jen and I never even discuss it with people anymore, even yep. though we clearly should. Uh, yes. So what Greg is describing there for all of you watching or listening is ask leading questions. People will tell you they love to talk about themselves. They love to talk about their stuff, their house, their investment property, whatever the case may be. But you have to ask the questions. Um, I think, I think we need to go back and check our foundation, right? Like we need to go back and check our foundation and make sure the basics right now we're doing exceptionally well from making sure our listings are presented well to priced well, to making sure our buyers are being nurtured through the process. And as well as like we just talked about staying in communication with the lender and really lending on, leaning on that relationship. Cause there's times if I send that follow-up email, there's times that my buyer might call Adam and be like, Hey, Greg just sent me these five properties. This one is really cool. The email he sent me says it'd be like 3300 a month. Like, is that right? And then Adam needs to call me and say, hey, Joe just called me asking about this payment. I think he's really interested in that third house you sent him, you know, schedule a showing, right? And that kind of like back and forth is way more important now than it was two years ago. So when I say basics, I'm saying like, let's go all the way back. Yeah, communication is always going to be one of those 
foundational pieces, no question. Okay. We're There's just no question. Yeah, we need it more than we ever have, I would yep. say. Um, yeah, I don't even remember seeing it. It was funny because I was talking to another colleague uh, who is in New Mexico this morning, and we were talking about the cycle, the low point to the low point for that kind of activity, 0708 to 2223, about 15 years. And I don't think we've ever had a need for that back to basics mentality than we have. And it certainly isn't the same as it was 15 years ago. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, sure. This may be one of the most important points in a cycle that we've ever seen in real estate, mortgages, et cetera, where that mentality is uh, as important as it's ever been. It feels like a bit of a tipping point to me too. It feels like this year is going to be hypercritical to make sure you're separating yourself and you're you're on the haves side of the equation. I um, I think there's always little things that are coming in that are tweaking the market that we're we're adjusting on the fly. But but I, I think this year especially, we just had a dialogue with with uh, my office and we were talking about kind of what leadership looks like in 2024. Accountable, hard driving, flexible. Um, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a, a very very critical time, and we need to be fast on our feet, and we need to be absolutely rock solid with our basics. I think that's probably the key message from this entire episode. <laughs> Let's get back to the basics, and what all of you think are actually the basics may not even be basic enough. Yeah, Let's no, absolutely. Really take a good look at what you think your basics are and what they really should be, and where that foundation lies, where it's built, how you built it, because <clears throat> you may need to go back and reinforce. Absolutely. Right. Two benefits. You get the phone and dialing it real quick. There's two benefits. Number one, you might get a client. Number two, it's going to make you better at your sales pitch, which is going to help you. Thank you. Mm. Good stuff. All right. I, Greg, we know it's <laughs> near impossible to carve at this kind of time on a Monday morning to do this with us. Uh, for those of you uh, watching, yeah, for those of you paying attention live, we do do this uh, in what would be uh, mornings in the, uh, actually, I guess in every time zone other than the one I'm in. I'm the only one that's in an afternoon window here. Um, but Greg, thank you so much for doing this again. It really means the world to us. And I think the message that we were able to put out in today's episode is of a ridiculous value. Appreciate, appreciate you both. Love you both very much. Thanks so much. Shout out to my team, Luchak Group. Get on the phone, start dialing. Love you all very much. All right. Jen, take us home. What are we up to these days? All right, guys. Well, we are just over six months out from Social Media Day 2024. So I am actively looking for speakers and sponsors for that. Uh, basically, this event is for anybody interested in getting more exposure, learning more about social media. So that's pretty much anyone. So uh, if you are interested in speaking or sponsoring, email me at smdaydenver at gmail.com. We will be finalizing speakers very quickly, which is nuts. And I mean, tickets will be on sale next month. So that's cool. Wow. And for everything okay. else, right? I know, six months. So uh, everything else, you can text TIPS to 63566. That will get you past episodes of the podcast and current episodes of the podcast, our weekly little tip, one-on-one -on -one coaching, copies of Adam's books, literally all the things. So text TIPS to 63566. Cool. Thanks, Jen. And for everyone watching or listening live or in syndication, thank you for tuning in to another episode of 
How I Met Your Mortgage. If you want to catch us live on Facebook, YouTube, or LinkedIn, we do this at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. And we'll be back with a new episode next week. Greg, thank you again. I we cannot express how much we love having you on the show. Uh, we don't have very many guests that have been on more times than you have. Maybe a couple. And one of them is because we love this cat in California who is a real estate agent after being a librarian, for example. Really interesting kind of uh, <laughs> swivel pivot for him. we got some time. Um, we got more years to hop on, Adam. I appreciate y'all very much. Cool, cool. All right. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you guys next time.